This episode of Snow the Goalie is proudly brought to you by Pack Horse Moving. Listen, moving doesn't have to be hard. Give the professionals at Pack Horse Moving a call at 877-309-PACK. That's 877-309-7225. Or head on over to their website, packhorsemoving.com slash snowthegoalie. When you set up your next move with Pack Horse Moving, make sure you let them know that you heard about them on Snow the Goalie. Give them the promo code SNOW, and they'll take $77 off of your next move. Again, give them a call at 877-309-7225 or go to packhorsemoving.com slash snowthegoalie and give them the promo code SNOW to get $77 off your next move. They serve the tri-state area with locations in Norristown, Pennsylvania, Burlington, New Jersey, and Wilmington, Delaware. Give them a call, head over to their website, plan your next move, use promo code SNOW. Is there a better moving company than Packhorse Moving? Nerd! They didn't tell me to do that. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll like that or not. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll regret that, but I don't regret hiring them to do our move a couple of years ago. They did a great job. They made it stress-free. They did a fantastic job. Pack Horse Moving. A big thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi. This is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, Pedialyte Podcast. Once again, somehow, the only Flyers podcast. I'm Russ Joy. That's Anthony Sanfilippo. Over on the end is Bundy, Chris Terrian. Guys, a hell of a game. For us to recap here on the morning after as the Flyers took on the Pittsburgh Penguins in a game that some were saying they needed to win. Some are saying was very important if they were hoping to make the playoffs and to put the proverbial foot on the throat of their cross-state rivals. And they didn't get it done. They somehow scored six goals without Travis Konechny. But scoring six is only good if you don't allow seven fucking goals to the dreadful Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's get into it. I want to go first to Anthony because, Anthony, I want you to tell the people who the first person in the studio was this morning to answer the YouTube poll. Uh, it was Russ. Russ was the go. first one in this morning. All right. Yeah. Now, Ant, um, but we, we still not, But we still didn't start on time, and you know why we didn't start on time? Let's not. We're not. We are not going to... To put because, one I, of our own in a bad no, spot. No, 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 no. No, I'm ahead. not gonna put anybody in a bad spot because yeah. we were all actually in here at 8 30. We were. But you, you know, you like to ramble before we go. I live. was I was late today. I'm not gonna how do you get wait, wait, wait. How do you get me rambling? We were exchanging pleasantries. Bundy and I were exchanging pleasantries. pleasantries. Yes. I wouldn't call that rambling. I said, let's get into it, because there's a lot to get into. Listen, if you are looking for a cathartic experience, if you've been harboring ill will since last night, if you've been fired up because of the absolute shit show in net that the Flyers had last night, I got good news for you. We're here for it today, baby. But let me go over to Bundy. Bundy, I just want to know, um, when is the last time you saw a goaltending performance like the Flyers were treated to last night? Well, I mean, you could say what you want about. I mean, listen, we've been talking about this for a lot of the year, and the fans know it. Every scout in the league knows it. Cal Peterson, 
I'm sure is a great guy, but he's not a great goaltending option right now for any team. And it was like yesterday was like almost kind of like, like you're waiting for it to happen and you're hoping it didn't. Um, but I, listen, I'm not just going to give it to Cal Peterson here. I'm going to give it to that Tristan Jari too, because he was he as was... rotten as anybody. He was brutal yeah. fucking. He was as bad as anybody. And they were both equally bad, but one guy was one goal worse than the other guy. And I didn't think Pittsburgh was going to kick the extra point yesterday, but they did. And the Flyers missed their extra point. And uh, that's why we have a very, very low-scoring Super Bowl in the finale of the... I cut you off there, and I'm sorry. I thought that you were paused, but... Yeah, no, I hear you. No, I, I love it. And, and you know what? Listen, it's a fun, it was a fun game to watch. But this was a fucking nightmare game for Flyers fans. Like, it was an absolute nightmare to watch. Like, I was watching it, and I was like, like, you know, one of those things, like, where you're just, you know, you're alone, and you're like, God, this can't be for real. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, 7-6. So here's what I learned, and I'll hand it over to Anthony. Uh, Good morning, everybody, by the way. And, uh, guys, good to see you. Um, One a couple things I learned yesterday. Uh, the Flyers will have to maybe implore one of those Russian goaltending options, Anthony. Mm. Um, or shake Brian Boucher off out of the press <laughs> box. <laughs> he was on hand yesterday. The mm. other thing I learned is um, Pittsburgh is is not a playoff team. Like, they're mm. not. They, they got some skill. Uh, but they're just there's no way that that team can if they even luckily got in they can't do any damage they can't harm anybody um and I, the I flyers how, i don't know how they're a plus goal that is player. remarkable unless they yeah. had like absolutely i have no idea either i saw that you watch them play and they're like how are they a plus 15 gold yeah and that's that's one of those outliers, right? Because at the yeah. end of the year, they might be, but they're just not there. And so it it was it was a fun game to watch. It was it was you know it was we're getting we're running out of Sidney Crosby watches, and I think anytime you get to see a guy like that kind of shine in his late thirties and and play the kind of game that he played and make other players better was was fun to watch. But it was not fun at all to watch the final result. Uh, the Flyers never gave up. They they don't give up. Uh, but they were hampered by um, a, a poor goaltending, um, and and uh, and the and the, the score clock just ran out of time. Otherwise, that thing would have been thirteen. 12. It would have been like that Phillies game two days ago, Anthony fourteen thirteen. If it just kept going, and then somebody would have had to hook everybody off the ice. So that's my take on it. Yeah. I, I understand fans' frustration today. I really do. You're hoping for one game out of the backup that's going to help you. And it just never happened. And 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 I can feel the, the frustration from people today. I can sense it after the game on Twitter a little bit, just going through stuff. But very difficult loss, zero points on the weekend. The only bone – and the last thing I'll say before you go here, Anthony, is uh, the only positive side I could find was that the Devils lost again yesterday uh, in grand fashion to Tampa Bay. That was a home game for the Devils. Uh, they don't look like – they have a plan to move forward either. I mean, at least they'll give Pittsburgh credit for one thing. They found a way to win a game they had to win. Uh, but that was about all. It was a disappointing weekend for the Flyers in terms of V getting points. But they didn't play awful. They didn't play awful. They just didn't get any points and they didn't get a save when they needed one. Yeah. I, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a guy who's gonna try and defend Cal Peterson. He was terrible yesterday. All right. And in in you know. Nice way to put it. He's not. He's not an, an NHL 
caliber goaltender at this point. And he, he wasn't even – I'm not even sure he's an AHL caliber goalie. He, he wasn't playing well in the AHL. Right? Look at his numbers in the AHL this year. They're not good. They're yeah, not good. They're not. But neither – and everybody, everybody who's calling for the Flyers to call up Felix Sandstrom, he's not been good in the AHL either. I mean, so yeah. let, let's – you know, one is really no better than the other. The Flyers are just trying to pick between – you know, two terrible options and, and going off, going off on which one they want to, you know, use and they might alternate them just to see if somebody can, can be okay. But uh, the reality of it is, is that neither one is, is a guy that you want to be playing a game for you in a playoff push. Just, it's just the, the point that said, you can't make it all on the goalie either. I mean, yeah, he was terrible. But there were a lot of guys yesterday. I mean, look, the Flyers scored six goals yesterday, but not because the whole team was going, right? There, there were a, a number of players who played a really good game yesterday, but I also felt like there were a number of players, skaters, who did not play well yesterday. And I think that that's part of the reason, right? I mean, you got you got to look around this team, and it would be disingenuous to just sit there and say, this is just on the goalie. He stinks. We know that. But it's not it, it, it's not just his fault. I uh, where, where, you know what? If if Travis Konechny doesn't get hurt, if Travis Konechny doesn't get hurt, right, and Tyson Forster comes back into the lineup the other uh, Saturday against the Rangers, who's the scratch? Who comes out of that lineup? Say I that think, again, Anthony. Okay, so let's imagine Konechny didn't get hurt at practice on Friday, right? Forster was coming back to play no matter what, so somebody was going to have to come out of the lineup. Who who would have come out? I think it's got to be Cam Atkinson. I think he's been terrible. I think he's been terrible for the last several games, right? But even yesterday, I mean, it wasn't just him. Uh, he was bad again. Uh, I thought Joel Farabee had a really poor game yesterday. As a matter of fact, you, you got to remember, he made a, the, the mistake on the game-winning goal against the Rangers, got caught flat-footed high in the zone. Um, I think that was a guy who didn't have a good game yesterday. Where was Owen Tippett yesterday? Yeah, a game of, that's that freewheeling and that – that wide open, right? In a game that you could really take a lot of chances against a team, where is where is that offensive talent, right? He was missing. Morgan Frost has had a bad weekend. As great as he's been going into up until Saturday, and I, I've said it, you know, hey, we were wrong. Morgan Frost was had been playing great Saturday and yesterday. He was m- just completely missing, completely missing from the from the game. I think that those those guys were not good. And then if you look on the defensive side, all right, obviously you lose Jamie Drysdale, right? And that changes everything because now you're well. And it's not that you just lost Jamie Drysdale; it's the nature of the injury and and uh, of what it looked like the nature of the injury could have been and where that injury was too. So, and like for those yeah, who we'll, might have we'll, missed it, right, like, it's a bad bad that, injury, guys. Like, yeah, we'll, let's yeah. like we'll get into okay. it. In, let's get into it in one second. But I mean, just want to okay. say, I just want to finish my point, and then we'll go into Drysdale next. But the point is, is that you know once he's out of the game, and I think he only played like ten minutes right before he got hurt. Um, now you're mixing and matching five defensemen, and and one of the five is Mark Stahl, who did not look great in that game. Um, and and I think that 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 changes you know the dynamic of everything. So again, we can sit here and we should and we should talk about the backup goalie situation because it's going to it's going to come up again as the season progresses. You're going to need a backup goalie. Sam Erson can't play every game the rest of the way, so we need to talk about that. But we also need to identify that you need to call out other players as well when you sure. give up seven goals because it's not just the goalie. Yeah, I mean. You know what? I think Torch should address 7D yesterday. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know what, though? That Ollie Lixell had a nice game. Kid had a good game yesterday. He did have a good game. You know? For, you, you, for are, you are right, though, Anthony. There's, there's a lot of... Defending high-end talent is a problem in terms of, like, yeah. when you get on the road like that. Like, that's one of the things that... Crosby's still freewheeling around. Um, mm-hmm. I don't... I, I don't know what they do with the goaltending situation. That's a, that's a bit of a, a hiccup. Hey, can they get Col- uh, one of those Russians over? Remember well, Jones said so it. I'm- it's actually funny that you bring that up because I, I have the clip here ready to go. A few weeks ago, um, Jonesy came on the Press Row Show, which was shocking because, remember, there were people who said that Snow the Goalie and the Flyers, boy, that was a tenuous relationship. It was on the brink of falling apart. They weren't promoting the show. They hate these guys. So unprofessional. Anyway. Jonesy came on the show, and we asked him because that night uh, Cal Peterson was in net. I forget which game it was, but Cal Peterson was, was in net. It was the Seattle, it was the Seattle was game. It. Yeah. And, and at the time, we asked, hey, you know, what's going to happen at backup goalie? Because there are a lot of questions. Are you confident in Cal Peterson? Where do you see it going? And this is what Jonesy had to say. Uh, back then. You know, you mentioned how Sam has been playing in net. Looks great yep. coming out of the break. There are obviously questions about the backup situation. Cal is yep. in there tonight. Um, there are people asking about like if, if Kolosov could come over at some point this year, if that's a, a further down the line thing. Are you guys kind of taking a look at the backup goalie situation, considering that like, there's a chance, like the playoffs are still potentially in play. Like, is that a position that I, you're at least considering, I you know, say all, that, all options are I, open? I, or? I would say that every game that Cal starts is an important game. And he's a big part of what we're doing right now. Right. Uh, Sam's not going to be able to play every game. Yeah. So it's important for Cal to get out there and do his thing. We have a lot of goaltenders in the pipeline, um, a lot of Russian goaltenders in the pipe, pipeline. So I, I'm looking forward to watching those guys perform over here when they arrive. And some will be here sooner than later. So... I mean, I think that's a big part of our future. There's no question about it. So that that was on February 10th. So we are now just two weeks, a little bit over two weeks since that statement. And it was clear then that the organization was probably keeping an eye on that Russian pipeline. And the most notable thing, and the three of us all looked at each other and we said the same thing after he walked away. Interesting to note the Russian goalies and the fact that some might be here sooner than later. Now, Anthony, you put a tweet out last night that was very interesting, and you were mentioning about Minsk playing. Um, Kolosov would appear to be the guy most likely to make his way over here from Ruski. But the question is, even if he does come over, do they have enough time to get him acclimated to the American rink? Are they going to have him start in the A, get a few games in? I, I say all of this under the assumption that while they've been saying rebuild, 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 the coach is doing this a certain way, and it certainly appears as though they're not adverse to the idea of making the playoffs. Can can they survive Cal Peterson for another week or two or three or f- however long it takes to get a Kolosov ready? Like, let's go there first. But do you like what does that situation look like? Yeah. Well, so first of all, the, so the, the Russian season I think ends tonight. I think tonight is the last regular season game in the KHL. Um, and I, 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 Kolosov is playing for uh, Dynamo Minsk, who is the going to be the number eight seed, mm-hmm. and they're going to play Dynamo Moscow, who's the number one seed in the first round of the playoffs. And they, they're not going to, they have no shot, right, in that in that series. I cannot see it happening that they pull off an upset against that team. 
Um, so once that season is over, Kolosov is eligible to come over here. And I think it's going to happen that he's going to come over here. But, you know, they got to get through. So they got to get through their playoffs. So it's going to go through the first week of March, right? Uh, probably into the second week of March. And then right around the deadline is when Kolosov could technically come over. Do I think that they're going to go put just plug him into the, an NHL game? No, I don't. I do think no. that they're going to send uh, send him down to the Phantoms and you know get a few games down there, at least a few, if not, you know, because it depends on how he looks, right? I mean, it, it is different playing in in uh, you know in a smaller rank over here, and and so you know sight lines and angles and everything is a lot different. So, but if he can adjust to it quickly then maybe you think that there's a possibility that he's a guy that can come that can play a couple games in late March or April, you know, when you need the backup goal and maybe you go to him then. The question I think that they need to ask themselves is do is that can you get to that point with what you have available to you now, which would be either Peterson or Sandstrom. And you got to look at the, and you got to look at the calendar, right? You got to look at the schedule and say when might the Flyers need a backup goalie to come into the um, into the lineup. The first time is probably Saturday. Okay, they play uh, they play Ottawa again on Saturday, and that's because they play Washington Friday night. So, who are you starting against the Ottawa Senators on Saturday? Right, and then another one would probably be, you know, can you go three straight starts the following week with? With Erson against St. Louis, Florida, Tampa, you can. There's days off. There's days off in between, right? So he could probably start all three. And then yeah, but repeat those. Repeat those three again, Ant, because that's... St. Louis at home, at Florida, at Tampa, right? Uh, that leads that gets you to the deadline. I mean, the deadline is the day before the Tampa game, okay? And then the following week, you have three games: San Jose, Toronto, Boston. So you probably are going to say, all right, well, we want Erst to play against Toronto and Boston. We'll go with a backup goalie against the Sharks. All right, so that so those are your next two games where you need a backup goalie. So Saturday against Ottawa and then Tuesday the 12th against the Sharks. Can you get away against those two teams with Cal Peterson or Felix Sandstrom? That's the question. That's what they have to ask themselves, right? And if they feel like they can – then they stick with what they have in-house and wait for Kolosov and see if he can play. If not, then they're going to have to try and add something in some capacity, even if it's even if it's another scrap heap type guy that doesn't cost you anything, you know, just to bring in to say, hey, we need, you know, we're trying to make the playoffs here. Let, let's go with us, go with somebody who can, you know, maybe win a game or two in March. And, and that's really that's really where they're at at this point. But it's 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 a tough call. Because you really don't want to spend spend anything to get a guy that's only going to play a couple games. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I I saw this last night, and like you guys know how much I love trades and I love hypotheticals, right? But like I saw somebody ask on Twitter yesterday, um, "Do you trade Lawton for a goalie no. if you're trying to make the playoffs?" And I said, "Absolutely not, right? Like there's there's no chance if if you're going to move off of Lawton, which." Who the hell knows if they're actually going to or not, or if, if the offers that they expect to, to get are some, going I to be. I got some stuff on that. So if oh, you know. oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> nothing major, right? They got some stuff on that. But it's, you know, that's not a move that you make. I think that, you know, this all kind of comes back to where I think the three of us have all kind of been, which is 
It's murderer's row after the trade deadline, but there are some tough games coming up leading into it. And if you don't build yourself a big enough cushion for post-deadline, there's no shot of making the playoffs. Now, we could make the argument here. Konechny still remains to be seen how long he's going to be out. Couturier has kind of been in and out of looking like himself and not. Tippett, I, I still don't think, has looked the same since coming back from his injury. Um, there, there, I think, are fair questions to be asked here about, like, if perhaps all of the injury issues they've had kind of maybe lead Briere and Jones and company to say, like, all right, this is kind of fate. Like, we're, we're seeing how this plays out. Like, it's clear that we really do need to, like, you do the rebuild – and it's time to start selling, and it's time to start making those decisions. And I, I forgot the Risto injury, which honestly kind of set off a, a big chain of events, I think. Um, I think th- I think it's pretty clear right now that the path has to be to sell at the deadline. But I, I don't see them giving up hope unless the wheels really fall off here. Yeah, it's getting there. It's getting yeah. there. I mean, but not completely there yet. I mean, you're still in a playoff spot, right? Yeah. And as Bundy, as, as Bundy is quick to point out, Every time we talk talk about this, it's so much harder to fall out of a playoff spot than it is to climb into one. Mm-hmm. And the Flyers are still in a pretty decent spot despite losing three of the last four, or whatever it is, right? Or very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. They're still in a good spot. Yep. Right? Yeah, it's 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 hard to fall out of this. And then, yeah, it's they're going to have a tough go, and it, it's going to get hairy, right? It's going to get tight here. Um, but you're talking about teams that are flawed, that are behind you, that are chasing you, trying to catch you, and all you have to do is just not go into an absolute tailspin, know, complete and utter tailspin where you're losing a bunch of games in a row in regulation. I mean, that's really got what you got to avoid. And for all intent and purposes, these they lose these two games this weekend, and they were both in regulation. But, man, both were one-goal games. They hung in there. They fought back against the Penguins multiple times. They they played a really good game against the Rangers. I mean, they got Shesterkened, really, in, in that mm-hmm. game. Okay? Um, and they were a, 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 a missed backhander by Coots into an open net away from getting at least a point in that game. So, like, so there's a lot of things that you still like about the Flyers and the way that they're playing. I think it's going to be hard for them to blow it. But do I see a path where it can happen? I do. Are you with that, Bundy? You kind of agree, agreeing with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't disagree, Anthony. I'm just reading some of the quotes as we went along here, too. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack right now. I think the one thing we have to... Uh, one thing we have to talk about, guys, is Drysdale, and and what yeah, well, we got to get to that. You, yeah, yeah, you mentioned Russ too. The sequence of events and chain of events that take place with these injuries, because you know now you're you're gonna you're with a situation. I I don't know. I, I don't want to. I have I know nothing about the Drysdale injury. I haven't talked to anybody, and I'm, I'm not big on injuries. And and guys, it happens, and guys are out. Um, I do think this injury though is significant. I, I, I have a bad feeling about it. The way that I saw that hit, the way his shoulder, he, he laid that shoulder down. The dead uh, arm. He put himself in a vulnerable spot where he lunged in, kind of. Um, I, I don't, I, yeah, people are speculating what it is. I, I think it's a, 
I think it's probably a separation. That's my guess. And if that's the case, he'll be done for the year, the rest of the year. And, and maybe it'll take up to training camp to get ready for that. It could, yeah. a shoulder's another bad injury too. If it's not, well, the, it other, the other concern with it, the other concern with it, Bundy is re, re injured, right? Well, he had a torn labrum in the same shoulder. Yeah. And that's, that killed us in almost an entire season for him. Um, so that's part of the, that's part of the concern. I mean, obviously no one knows what the injury is, um, specifically, and I'm sure he has to get, you know, testing done today and, and maybe we'll get a better update, um, a little later. Uh, but man, that's a, that's a, I, I can't imagine that he's playing right away. Uh, oh, I can't, know. I'd be, I'd be stunned yeah. if I did. Someone said too, is that, uh, is he, is he injury prone? Um, no. I, I, I mean, obviously, early in the year, I mean, you can't you can't say he is. I don't know if he is, but the one thing that you look at is that's probably how Danny ended up getting the other first round pick with him. You know, for for uh, for second, second round, second round, pick. yeah, uh, second round pick was probably yeah, yeah. you know because of the the injury situation. So that's why they had to because yeah. one was the fifth pick, the other was a sixth pick, might trickle yeah. down a little bit, and one's an NHL player. But that's why that's why they had to give up a little bit extra. Yeah, and and I I, I always I always. Don't, I don't like using the words um, injury prone, right? Because right. I mean, you guys are you a, guys that was kind of fluky. That wasn't. No, it's not even that. But you guys play a sport that's an incredibly physical sport, right? That there is contact, and contact injuries can happen to anybody, right? What the thing is is, I think we get we get caught up by saying someone's injury prone is, you know, yeah, okay, if you have a recurring injury. Then that maybe maybe you are prone to that injury happening repeatedly. So I I think that's a possibility, but I don't necessarily think if one if a guy is hurt a number of times, but one time it's a shoulder, one time it's a knee, one time it's an ankle, one whatever it is. I mean, it, it, I think it's bad luck, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think that it means that they are prone to injury. If that makes sense, um, can you have a recurring injury that is that you can say is you know makes you a little bit more prone to it yeah sure and i think in this case i think it's fair to look at the shoulder because hey he's had this injury before and now he just took a a, a big hit right directly to where it was before and you know who knows if it's the same thing if it's not the same we'll see but um another thing i want to say is i had zero problem with the hit right i mean bundy you you tell me if i'm wrong but i think i thought that was a great Great hit hit. a clean hit um it, it's partly on Drysdale that he that he had to take such a big hit because he was in a, a weird spot the way he was trying to play the puck there. But a hundred percent to me, that's a clean hit, and I had zero problem with it. I think it's just yeah, another I, one of those hits that totally it it happens, and you're just more upset with the the outcome than you are with the hit itself. You know, um, I'll tell you one thing: you won't be upset with though. That's our fine friends over at Pack Horse Moving Company because, listen, if you're hoping to see Kolosov later this year, perhaps we can get our friends at Pack Horse Moving to get involved and get this man over here faster. Or maybe we can help get Cal Peterson sent to Lehigh Valley. Or can they send him to Reading? Can we, can we just leave him in Chocolate World and hope that he finds his way through, uh, through beautiful Hershey, Pennsylvania? I don't know. But our friends at Pack Horse Moving are the go-to when it comes to to moving. And as we always say, they're the number one moving company in the tri-state area. They don't say that, but we do. If you're looking to move, 
Give them a call at 877-309-7225 and use our promo code SNOW. Why? Because you get $77 off your next move. And we had a brilliant idea on the Press Row Show the other day. If you're a parent of a college student out there right now, and little Johnny's going to be coming home in a few months, little Susie is going to be moving from her on-campus dorm room that are nicer than like pretty much everybody else's house, right, with the luxury bathrooms. Have you guys seen the dorms? Bunny probably has. But like all these like new dorms, I remember when dorms were like small and like kind of gross and nasty. Now they have like ensuite bathrooms. You just have to share. You have to have, like share with 70 other people. The guy who like would go through two cans of hairspray. Never mind. Has nothing to do with this. But like if you're getting ready for a move, it could be a college move. It could be a move of your office. It could be a move from where you're at to where you're going. Pack Horse Moving Company is the one to call. Again, use promo code SNOW to get $77 off your next move of any size. They have offices, locations in Norristown, Pennsylvania, Wilmington, Delaware, Newark, New Jersey, huh? and Burlington, New Jersey. Two in Joycey, one in PA, one in Delaware. Coming soon to Georgia, give them a call today or head over to packhorsemoving.com slash snowthegoalie. Use promo code SNOW when you set up your next move. Get $77 off with Pack Horse Moving. Hey, Anthony, ask me if uh, Cal Peterson should get another start for the Flyers this season. Is this part of the promotion? Yeah. <laughs> ask me. Russ, should Cal Peterson get another start for the Flyers this season? I'm not answering any of your questions. No, nah, I'm just kidding. It's going to be no. No. All right. Let's get back into it. You, you, uh, I thought maybe you were going to suggest that Pack Horse could help Cal Peterson move Oh, I already threw that out there. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna get in touch with Ryan today and see if you can get a special on a Cal Peterson move. Um, we got a really quick with like the Marky thing. Remember that he told everybody with the came in after a game once. We lost. It was a bad game. He goes, "All I can tell all of you is to put some wheels on your fucking homes." Because there's going to be several of you getting shipped out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And really quick before we continue, um, Brandon Ficarra was asking, when you were in college, did you hold your pee the entirety of your your stay? Because as we know, you need to use the stall. Did you did you hold it for four years or so we when I was in college in the dorms, uh, we had um, we didn't have individual bathrooms back then in our dorm. We had the communal bathroom. Yeah, I did too. Um, oh, but you should see now. Most of these, most of these, you, you have like each. This each is dorm how I can tell you didn't pay attention to anything I just said. You're just saying the same shit I just said. Yeah. So we had the communal, one, but we had stalls. Mm-hmm. There, there were like three. There, there were like three on the yeah, three on the wall, were, right. and then across from it, you'd have like three or four shower stalls, Correct. and then yeah. eight sinks in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yo, there was a guy who legitimately looked like Brock. Do you guys know Brock Lesnar? Of course, I know who Brock Lesnar is. Yeah. So there was a guy. I shit you not. Ramsey Hall, Westchester. Yeah, no, Russ. I've never fucking heard of him. Okay. Well, (laughs) fuck you. Uh, So anyway, we're. I'm in this Ramsey Hall bathroom, uh, freshman year of college, and there's a dude who comes in. He he looks like Brock Lesnar. Like he's got muscles on muscles and muscles in places where I don't have places, right? And he's got a big back tattoo, just like Brock Lesnar. He has a little mohawk. Huge dude, tiny little mohawk, right? Like a little faux hawk. 
This guy legitimately put two full cans of like the small hairspray and then went out that night. But like I've never seen like I walked in, I got hit with the cloud, and I was like, what the hell's going on? And <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Go ahead, and I want you to read that for the people who are on the podcast. No, I will not. Who don't get to see it. No, it's on the street. Hitch is like a fat Captain Kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't get started. Don't go down that path. Captain (laughs) Kangaroo can actually tie his skates so you, let, let uh, me give hey, you my, way, uh, this is really good. Flyers Cup. Speaking of bathroom stalls, uh, see the spelling ah, there? Nice. That dude was skating like he was constipated yesterday. Um, listen, and is it fair to say that anything that the Flyers had hoped they would get for uh, Mark Stahl at the deadline has uh, come and passed? Probably, but I, I, you know, I won't say that 100%. I mean, teams yeah, I might, yeah, teams might still want to add a guy like that just because he's a veteran. And he can be added cheap, even if he's not going to play, even if he's just the seventh guy. It's it's veteran depth and a guy that if you're in the playoffs, you know, you may want to put, have on your team, you know, in, in case of emergency kind of situation. Right. Yeah. Um, and knowing knowing that he's been willing to play that role this year for the Flyers, you know, there's value to that. And it may not be of great value. It may be a sixth round draft pick or something. Right. But there there is value there. Oh, we lost Bundy disappeared where did bundissimo go he just disappeared like he just went off the screen and went he disappeared he just disappeared Bundy, yeah. come back to us i don't know what happened um anyway he's probably figuring it out on his end uh tech wise yeah. but anyway um i did want to mention because i did bring it up um the scott lawton stuff the the only thing I can add to it currently is is you know the Flyers ask here comes Bundy's coming back now um, the here Flyers comes Bundy Claus here comes Bundy Claus <laughs> right down Bundy Claus Lane there that was is. weird that was weird there Bundy just, uh, just shut off like my whole yeah, screen is totally blank and it only does it on this fucking thing here with the duck on the corner there whatever it's called because you know what the yeah. Every time to I turn clear, it on, it just, it just goes off not for no good reason at all. Horse moving. They have a horse. No, it's not the horse. It's the it's duck. It's not the horse. It's the duck. We're a <laughs> fucking zoo. We're a farm. There's a duck and a horse. There's a um, chicken in the middle. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, anyway. um, as so Lawton. Lawton, yeah. As far as that's concerned, they, the Flyers are setting a higher price for him. For Lawton. Then yes, that that. So in other words, that teams are not offering what the Flyers want yet. That doesn't mean that they won't. They certainly can. Um, yeah, you know, still offer something that the Flyers want to get him. But the Flyers are comfortable keeping him. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable keeping Scott Lawton. They feel there is value to him, not only for this year, but even going forward. Um, He is an elite penalty killer, and that's a big thing in this league right now. And I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of teams that would want him, but at this point, maybe not at the price that the Flyers are asking for, um, which is where we keep hearing this whole first round thing, first rounder, first rounder. Um, And and I'm, I'm betting a lot that there are a couple of teams, I mean, there are 
playoff teams that are interested, but there's also teams that are not playoff teams that are interested because they feel like he's a, a, a culture guy that can help. That's what, you know, he's got term left on his contract um, that they feel like he's a guy that can help get them to where they want to get to. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of belief that there's teams out there that, that want Scott Lawton, but the flyers are not, they're going to be, they're a little reluctant to move them as they were a year ago, as they are now. Uh, but I, I think that if they get the right price, he still will go. It's just that right now they're not getting that offer in conversations from teams. And so that's why, and look, he's been really good since the all-star break, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, he's been really good for this. He's got a seven game point streak. He's playing his ass off, you know, scores another goal last, last night on the shorthanded. That's their 14th shorthanded goal this season. Um, Leads, leads the NHL. Uh, I, I think that there is benefit to hanging on to a guy like Scott Lawton too. Um, But, Will a team get desperate? There's not a lot of forwards out there. I mean, Gensel's probably going to be the guy that gets traded at the deadline that that maybe draws the most attention in Pittsburgh, assuming he comes back and he's still hurt. Um, Assuming he comes back, um, he's probably the guy uh, that everybody's going to want. And beyond that, I mean, what are you looking at 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 forward? Like, what else is going to be out there? Like, I think it's going to be – I honestly don't think it's going to be a big deadline for the NHL and just in general. I don't think you're going to see a lot of n- bigger names go. I think it'll be a lot of smaller moves. That Which actually be- kind of plays yeah. in the Flyers' favor, right? Like, be- I think just by virtue of the fact that there aren't so many top-tier guys or guys on expiring deals who you would look at and say, that's definitely a top-line guy or a top-six forward, right? And there aren't multiple guys who are coming up on it like uh, the end of a deal as a potential top-pair defenseman, right? That is about to like leave a team like Buffalo or something because those guys aren't out there. It does kind of potentially improve the market for guys like Lawton for guys. Had he been healthy, like Aristo for guys like Walker. All right, let me, I'm going to do a thing. I know that I'm going to piss one of you off, but I'm going to do it anyway. If this is going to go the way that it's been trending and it, it looks like they're, going to fall apart or they're they're going to really be in bad shape when it comes to making the playoffs are they doing themselves a disservice by not selling off these guys regardless of where things are at like i'm not saying now but i'm saying if in the next week or two the wheels really do fall off and you start getting to a point where like jersey's about to pass you or has already passed you are you doing a disservice by not saying hey there are decent enough offers out there for walker there's a decent enough offer. Like we saw again, there was the report that came out that there's a team that wants to move for Walker and Sealer. Like if you're if you're truly in this rebuild, are you doing a disservice for the long term plan here to not move off of these guys? You know, especially I guess in the case of Walker, where like, yeah, you might want to re-sign him, but you could get an asset for him now. Like, are they doing a disservice? I mean, it's very. That's a very vague way of asking the question because it really depends on what you're getting. In all honesty, right? I mean, it really depends what you're getting. That that's how I look at it. Um, you have a situation where you have a team here that that plays well together, right? And you could go forward with this team 
with changes, obviously, we got we got more players coming. You know, you tinker around the edges. Maybe you and, and there's always more available in the off season than there is at the deadline. So maybe you, you're you're not necessarily punting on selling, but you're you're changing the time frame. You're just moving the, your calendar a little bit, okay? And so maybe you look at it and say, eh, we're not getting what we think is great here at the deadline. Let's remember, this is not a great draft coming up. We've already mm-hmm. discussed it, that it really falls off the table after, you know, the top 15 or so guys. Um, so if you're you're getting, even if you're getting another first round pick in 24 from a team that's going to be on the back end of the round, it's really nothing exciting, right? It's not, it's not that great of a, of a, of a draft. Um, so maybe you look at it and say, you know what, maybe this isn't the time to sell these guys. Let's see what we can do. Let's see if we can work on getting a couple guys under contract that we like, that we think could be, you know, part of building this going forward. Um, and then, you know, it will revisit the conversation in the summertime when you have 30 teams that are interested in, in making their team better as opposed to just 10 or 12 right i mean so i think that there's there's there might be more value at that time plus you get you get to the summer you just there and go okay that's one less year on ristolainen's contract maybe it's a little bit easier to move him then right so there's there's different things that come into play at different times and yeah the flyers are in an unexpected spot right now and mm-hmm. and we're you found that there's a lot of guys that you didn't think were going to be important players to this team or, or as good right off the bat. And, and they've been important players to these guys, you know, uh, like a Sean Walker, for example. And you sit there and say, maybe there's more value in, in hanging on to him and moving on from somebody else, but we can't move on from somebody else until the summertime. So let's just stay the course. I, I think that there's a way to look at it from that perspective and not be disappointed if they don't sell here at the deadline. That's not to say that they won't. Because you never know what teams are going to come, you know, what other teams are going to come and offer you. But if if it continues to be on the path that it's been, and you're not getting the offers that you want to hear for the for your players, then yeah, it's, it might be it might be okay to wait because this team actually plays well together as is. They need more talent. There's no question, but there's there's some value to the guys playing at the level that they're playing at. Bundy. Well, I mean, no, I agree with that, you know, I mean, and it's hard to just go get eight guys and swap them out, you know. I mean, it, what happened was it's kind of changed on the fly in a sense that, uh, you know, the, the thing that they thought they had ended up being a little bit better. Now, is it because of Torts coaching up, which I thought he even did last year? Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, I, I know that they've, you know, talking and there's been a plan since the beginning of the year, but plans change. And, um and you have to adjust to that. Injuries throw a wrinkle in there, uh, you know, because you have to feel the lineup. And, and listen, I think the, the other thing is, too, is that um, you have a situation with the team where you've done so much to get to this point and you've had so much success doing it. It would just be a shame if the wheels just fell right off the bus, you know, around the deadline with injuries. Uh, trading guys that aren't here, and then all of a sudden you fall out and you don't make the playoffs with such a great effort this year. I think there's a little bit of you got to kind of thread the needle a little bit here if you're Danny, because you don't want guys to uh, to feel discouraged by the hard work and the effort that they put in this year, because there's a lot of guys that have done a great job. But at the same time, your your, your status quo with this team gets you nowhere, gets you nowhere. And and I'll t- say this, and and you know, people, some people may want not want to hear this. Um, 
But if you went back in with this exact same team next year, right? Let's say the exact same team you already had this year. How long is before the coach's voice starts getting old, before you start turning it over, and then you realize that, yeah, what we had last year can't be reduplicated because we just don't have the talent. So last year, you know, this year now, they're doing it with hard work and effort and proving everybody wrong. The naysayers that said you're the worst team in the league, blah, 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 blah. And um, and what so so there's there is a fine line there, and Danny's got to make sure of that because there has to be some kind of reward. You want these guys to let them fight it out the best mm-hmm. they can, uh, but at the same time, you know, plans change, and, and and so you have to be able to kind of weigh both options. It's it's it it really is threading a needle. Uh, I don't think that they really thought like Danny said beginning year. You know, be up to the players if they make it. The players have done a great job. They really have. They've worked hard all year. They've been opportunistic. Um, but we'll we'll just we'll have to see what happens. What I uh, I still believe, and I'll say it again here. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I do. I think they're too far in that it's going to be hard for them to follow. And even even if they did, I think the wild card's there. But I again, I'm I'm, I'm focused on staying in the two or three in the metro, and and that would be my goal. Uh, and I think the one team there you got to really watch for is the Devils. Well, um, and. I think that that's where. So I saw this, and like, well, you brought up. I, well, go ahead. Well, because Ike Ike was on our show, I think on Snyder, it was uh, Snyder Night, right? Snyder Legacy. Night. Yeah, correct. And Ike's a very positive guy. Ike looks for the positives and everything, and I respect that. I think that's great. I think you need people who are looking for the positives. But his question, if because of a few injuries they come back, or sorry, if it's because I think he's talking about like. Um, where they're at and if the wheels fall off. It's because of a few injuries and they come back next year. Why break up the chemistry? The team's coming together nicely. I come back to, it's not a good team. Like, I think that they've captured everything that they can get from this team playing this style. And I don't think it's sustainable. And I don't think that it's replicable. Kind of to Bundy's point, like, I don't think if you rolled out the same team next year, I don't think they're in this position. I think they are a bottom 10 team in the league. No, I, I won't so, go that far. And, and I will. And no, so I, I won't go that far. I think that they pro- if if this is the team, if they if they change nothing, I think that there's a good enough chance that they'd be a bottom 10ish team. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll say you want to say bottom 15? Like where do you want to go? No, I don't I, I think believe, I, Rust. I, I think they could take a step back if you brought this and look, you, you rarely do you bring the same exact team back. Right. But uh, do you know, I think that you have a situation where it becomes like Seattle last year was really good, surprised mm-hmm. a lot of people, upset Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. Now they're fighting to make the playoffs this year. Right. There are a few points out and there are like four points out. I think that's kind of where when you're when you're when you're having this when you prove over the course of a season that you can be this competitive with this group yeah can you take a step back you're you're not you're not going to plummet right down to being a bottom feeder in the league you're you're probably right in that same spot where you're fighting for a playoff spot again next year and maybe you take a step back where you're chasing it a little bit as opposed to being chased like, like they are right now yeah, but at the same time, like you've had a lot of guys that have overperformed, right? Like Risto looked significantly better this year than he did last yeah. year, which was great. And you hope that it's going to continue again next year. But if he goes back to last year's form, that's a huge hit, right? Sanheim has had moments where he's looked better. And there have been other games where you go, eh. Walker is a guy that you expected nothing out of. If he regresses back to like what people kind of 
again, we didn't know what he was going to be. But yeah. like you, you have a lot of you have a lot of what ifs, and I, I'm a little bit worried that too many people are becoming a prisoner of the moment because they're looking at it and saying, no, no, playoff no. team, potential playoff team. And I come I, back to you said it's a rebuild. You started the year saying it's a rebuild, and guys have overperformed, which is great. Semantics. Don't get caught up in the semantics of it. I'm it getting caught still, up in what they said. I'm going off of what they said. It can still be – two things can happen at the same time. You can be rebuilding the team, and they could be a – they could be pushing for a playoff spot. Just because you're pushing for a playoff spot does not mean that you can't be rebuilding. It, it would you, be – You're not be, You're not able to do the thing no, that I think they, they had no, talked about, which is you no. have to have – you have to have some good picks. No, they you need have elite talent. You they have two first talent. round picks this year. They have six picks in the first two rounds over the next two drafts. Like, I mean, that's more where are than the most two teams. picks going to be in the first round this year, though. Probably both in the in the middle. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can't control that, Russ. And, and this is why it's. It, and I fought with you many times about this. I fought with you many times. You can't sit there, cross your fingers, and go. Let's hope we win the freaking lottery. Year in, year out, year in, year out. It took Colorado two rebuilds, 10 years to get to where they want to go. You cannot do that. You cannot. Do, you do. They will not tank, period. Get the tank out of your mind. I'm not saying tank. But that's what you're. They're too far the in. They're too far into tank. To I'm not. You're getting you're upset because you're going back to the thing that you always go back to. No, I'm not. I, going back I am to merely that. I'm merely suggesting that because they are where they are and where they are in the standings, they can't tank. They can't bottom out. My whole thing is I'm looking at a team that I'm saying Walker has overperformed. You can get an asset for him. Lawton has been hit or miss. If there's a decent enough offer, I think you have to think about it because Paling gives you a lot of what Lawton does. Like I think that there are just I, – I don't want them to get caught up in, in this potential push for a playoff spot. And if the wheels do fall off over the next two weeks, say, well – you know, we, we're going to go into the offseason, have a little bit more flexibility, and, like, maybe more teams will be interested. Sure, for Aristo, absolutely. For a lot, and sure, absolutely. But the guys that are on expiring deals, if you can get an asset, you, you need you, as many assets as you, you can to, bring those to try to hit. That are on expiring deals back. And I know you put a comment up from Vinit earlier, but he wasn't the only one. There were a few people who actually said this. Oh, well, oh, you can go out and you can just re-sign those guys in the offseason if you want. Get the asset now and you can re-sign them. Well, that sounds well. That sounds like a great idea. It sounds like a great plan. But the difference there in that case is, is you can you have exclusive rights to negotiate with a player one-on-one -on -one right now with the as uh, with them up through the end of June. Okay, even after your season ends, up through June 30th. No one else can talk to that team or to that player but you. And so you can work out a deal with them. If you wait, you trade for an asset, and then you say, oh, well, we'll go after June 30th. We'll try and re-sign him, okay? There are 29 other teams that are going to compete with you for that for that player, right? And now you might be able to thinking, okay, we can re-sign a, uh, a Sean Walker for, you know, let's say $4.5 million a year. But maybe someone else looks at it and goes, We'll throw him the extra money. We'll give him okay. 5.5. And now that's all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you don't have that player. And now let me ask you. Let me finish my point. Now all of a sudden you're saying, okay, well now we got to rely on kids who played all year in the AHL, and we think that they could be NHL players, right? Mm -hmm. But now next season you're going with both Andre and Adder. Let's just say for for kicks, okay? Sure. That those two guys are the guys who come up instead, right? Are you then moving forward, or is you are you taking longer to get to where you ultimately want to go? Right. I mean, it's better to keep the players if you think you have players that could be part of it for the future. 
you keep them and you start to move the younger players in slowly in roles that they fit as opposed to saying, hey, Emil Andre, come up here and play top four minutes. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're back at the bottom again. And it takes that much longer. That's the mistake. That's the mistake at that point. I just want to make sure that I understand something correctly. And then I'm going to throw this to Bundy. We are not talking about a top fucking player in Sean Walker. We're not talking about a guy who you think can develop into being one of your top two. We're talking about a guy who we went into the season saying, we have no idea what he's going to be. Maybe he'll be a, a third pair defenseman. And it just so happens that he's played very, very well. And he's been really good. But it's the first season that I think he's played at this level in his career in the NHL. Timeline-wise, he doesn't line up. Well, so timing's everything, Russ. And, and he's, he's good. But he's not great, and he's not going to develop into a top pair defenseman. So, like, what are we talking about? Like, I think that's where, like, I, Ross, I, I have you need the league. Have you watched the league? Go look at other teams in the league, and look at their defense. Yeah, some of them are just awful. Like, yeah. there's too many players. We've talked about this. You can't. Every team's not going to have six or seven great defensemen in mm -hmm. a league with 32 fucking teams. It's just not going to happen. And that's, and that's why, why that's why struggling to find another goalie, more yeah. defensemen, teams that are in contention need to find a defenseman. Listen, I, my issue with Walker is he's probably two years ahead of where, like, age-wise. Age-wise. Yes. Age -wise. If he was 27, no-brainer. It'd be no-brainer. You'd, yeah. you'd, you'd absolutely do. And that I, – I, I want there to be a clear distinction here, Ant, because we always argue about the, the, the plan here. But, like – he is a perfect sell-high guy, and I get what you're saying about, hey, another team might want to pay him $5 million, or maybe a team comes in in the offseason and they want to pay him more. That's fine because uh, answer me this honestly. Does losing Sean Walker fundamentally alter this team's ability long-term to compete for a Stanley Cup? <laughs> no, but, does it, but yeah. when you say long-term – but here's the thing, Russ – what is long term? Is long term ten years from now? No, then I'm yeah, saying no, I'm saying as they want to flip the switch in a few years to but be again, and and start what they think is going to be a contending window. So they, say two to three years from now, yes, they want to affect. they want to they affect. want to flip. It it, it, it fundamentally alters within two to three years. You can't find a guy who can be a second pair defenseman. Can you find in, him? in the next two to three years? Can you find him? Sure, you can't you develop can one him. of these guys in the pipeline. You can't who's draft gonna be, it. Who's okay. going to be a second pair defenseman in two within two years within the pipeline? I don't know. You, you think Andre or Bonk? Who are their two? Bonk's probably their, their top. Bonk, Bonk seems to be having himself a, a nice little thing a, here. But we're talking a, two three years away. I don't know. Yeah, that's my point. There's not going to be a free not, agent in two to three years that you could potentially go out and get that fits your timeline. You're missing. You're missing what I'm saying. Yes, you want to develop guys, but you want to develop them on a certain – there's a reason that they are talking to Sean Walker about bringing him back. There's a reason. Like, they believe that he can be beneficial to this team over the course of the next three years, right? And they think that they can get into contention within that time frame. And they think that that is far better than maybe getting a second-round pick or, or a conditional late first-round pick in 2024 for a player who may not play at this level for another five, six years. Mm -hmm. Like, that, you keep saying down the road, down the road, down the road. Well, at some point, somebody's got to play. I'm saying two, three years. 
I'm just saying two, three years. And that probably and also that's not gonna be that's not gonna be the cup contending window. The asset you would get in return for Sean Walker will not help you in two to three years. Period. That's assuming that that's assuming that again, we don't know if it's gonna it probably won't be a first, maybe it's a second. Maybe it's a second and a conditional pick. You can package those together, and maybe that is part of a bigger package that does get you something or allows you to move up in the draft, and you are able to get a guy that can eventually help you. I give up. Look at what they have already. I'm fucking done here, Russ. Move on. I got (laughs) to go to work. They have already. I forgot to say. I'm fucking angry. They have a ton of picks. (sighs) (laughs) Anything else you guys want to get to? No. Home game tomorrow against Tampa. We're down at the uh, up on the balcony. Mm hmm. We'll see you there. <laughs> hey Bundy, who else moved up to the balcony? Can we have a can we have a moment there? I would like to, I would a- actually like to tell you that both my working stations are now on on the balcony before the game. Uh, letting everybody know that I used to be in the the Bet River Sports Bar down by section 106, 107. And um I don't think that Brian Smith liked that. And so he moved up um to the other side of the pillar. Um, of Snow the Goalie. So we were welcoming him to Flyers Broadcast Network up to the Snow the Goalie uh, sports book. He's in the, He's now in the Snow the Goalie sports book. And we I actually did, I let them know the other day that it is a Snow the Goalie sports book, and they did <laughs> actually think that was quite funny. I did have one more thing, Russ. How are our standings doing? Do you have an updated graphic there? I don't have the updated graphic. I'm not surprised. <clears throat> That's all right. We'll move on. We'll go. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see everybody. What are, what's the point standing at right now? And I'm assuming that you've closed the gap. I, I've caught you. That's all right. Seven in a row. I've gotten correct. It's good. Yeah. Longest streak of what, the year. What for are the points at, Ant? All right. Longest streak of the year for every for, for, of anybody. What that's are the right. points at, Ant? No, that's fine. Yeah. No. What are the points at? No, Bundy's still winning. By Bundy's still winning by, by three, how many? I believe. I, I believe it's three. And you and I are tied. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Where's intern Andrew? I'm confident that I know how it's going to play out. I, I, I see. Just, are just you like making fly, a? I'm sorry. Are you like making a prediction that you're going to? Are you going to? Are you going to pass Bundy? Is that what you're saying? I, I, no, I didn't say that. But I'm certainly going to try. I know. <laughs> I, I'm not. I didn't predict I would pass Bundy, but I know that I know that the gap between you and I is going to continue. To, it's going to separate. So that's right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. See how it plays out. There goes Bundy. <laughs> Bundy's gone again. Jeez, I can just hear my fuck, right? He's going to probably smash the computer before this is all done. So, all right, it's time for us to head out. A big thank you to everybody who joined us. We had over 200 people here um, this morning on a beautiful Monday morning after a loss. I hope this helped everybody who was struggling with this, uh, with the loss last night. But again, over 200 people hanging out with us in the morning, and we love that across all platforms, which is fantastic. We did this on Instagram Live as well. Uh, I think we'll probably do that again for Press Row Show. Um, but a big thank you to everybody who tuned in. If you haven't done so already, please uh, take a second out of your day. Go over to YouTube. Um, search for Snow the Goalie. YouTube.com slash at Snow the Goalie. Or you could just put it in the search field. Subscribe to the channel. We've picked up a few hundred people in the last month or so. I'd really like to see us get to 3,000 subscribers on YouTube here um, soon. 
We get a few thousand people typically who check in on these episodes. So if you're not subscribed already, by all means, please do. Um, And those of you who listen to the podcast feed, we love you. We appreciate you. We continue to try to make sure that this show is just as fun for you in the podcast feed after the fact as it is live. If you haven't done so, go subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back for the Press Row Show tomorrow. Uh, Come up to the balcony. Remember, Section 121 through the double glass doors. Take that elevator. Tell them you're going up to the sports book. Come chat with us. Um, I hope that we find another person who looks at any of us the same way that one guy did at Bundy the other night where he was just like, holy shit. Holy shit. That's that's Chris Terrian. Holy hey, shit. I, holy shit. And like, like tapping on intern Andrew. Like, holy. Is that, is that really Bundy? Is that Bundy? Very, very nice fan. Very nice fan. Very nice Having guy. a great time very at nice the game. Guy. I do have one non-hockey thing that I want to ask you guys. And I meant to I meant to bring this up sooner, but we got into an argument there, so I couldn't really fit it in. So we're sitting at, around having family dinner last night. And Maria and her daughter Tori are having a conversation. And I I couldn't believe what I heard. And I, I just had to ask. I, and I don't know if I don't know if you guys are the right guys to ask this or not. Oh boy. But oh boy. I have to ask. They're talking about how it's better to tuck your T-shirt into the inside of the of your underwear, right? Because that way it doesn't when you it, the shirt doesn't come out as easy. And I have never done this in my life, nor have I ever heard of anybody who does this. And I'm just I, I had to ask just because I'm like I think it's ridiculous. Tucking a T-shirt or an undershirt? So well, whatever under not not if you're just wearing the T-shirt on the outside, like what the shirt that's on underneath, right? Under like a hoodie. Yeah, like I have a T-shirt okay. on underneath okay. my hoodie, right? Yeah. Okay. So that T-shirt, it's just normally just tucked into the inside into of the, the pants. pants that I'm wearing, right? Yeah. They su- they are suggesting that you go not just the pants, but go inside the the, the underwear undies. as the well. The underpants, the undie pantaloons. And I was like, no way! Like I can't do. And they, and they were like, trust me, it's so much better. Everything, it, nothing comes loose. You know, you ever you ever notice like you know, some you go to stand up sometimes and the shirt kind of does pull out a little bit. I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's a thing. And I got to ask if, if this was the first, now this first time I've ever heard this. 50 years I've been on this earth. I've never heard anybody say this, right? So I figured I have to ask you two guys if this is something that you would do or if you heard this before. Or Bunny's been trying to go thing. to work for about 15 minutes now, and you held us like here for chime a few in minutes on this. For this. This is important material here before I head out. Uh, <laughs> this is important um, material. Uh, yeah, you know, and I can't escape uh, the pictures I saw the other day of Media Day in baseball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the see-through dude, the pants. One, the one guy had like his junk like <laughs> popping right out of the baseball pants, and I'm yes. looking, going, "That can't be. Is that fucking Photoshop?" Because no one knows anymore, right? And then after I realized that can't be Photoshop, like that was unbelievable. No. So I, I, for that case, yes, I suggest tucking everything right in down to the knee if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you're, you're see. That's the thing, Jim. I agree with you. Nothing should be like the undies. That's the thing. Like that's the comfort fit mm-hmm. on your on your body, and you yeah. should have something kind of in between it, right? That kind of make it. That's the whole point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brandon I, 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 asked I, me how long did I look. It didn't matter how long you looked. You didn't have to look long because it fucking stuck out like a sword thumb. <laughs> Are you talking about there. the picture where the guy was bent over, or the one the the Giants player holding the bat with the yeah the guy he had, he had, he had a two one count if you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> for him there, it's uh, 
six balls and two strikes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. And now HC's right. Aunt's fiance. Let's let's correct this. Just yeah, bought a whole new, or just brought a whole new hardship to her life. Now she's gonna have to not only get skid marks out of his underwear, but his shirts also. <laughs> HC. How dare oh, you? A How long time listener. Uh, Crypto Cowboy also says, "I bet Hitch tucks." So, yeah. No, that doesn't belong in your underwear. It doesn't. That's weird. You, they need to. That's just not good. They say that's they not do good. It. You They've can't been doing it all the time. I. Yeah, that's. Can't do that. That's weird. Very Never strange. Okay. Guys, have a great day. Got to roll. Yep. All right, everybody, have a great night out there. We'll talk to you on Tuesday here on Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you soon.